hold on to me as we go as we roll down this unfamiliar road and although this wave is stringing us along just know you're not alone I'm gonna make this place your Good morning. You're listening to the Kern County Real Estate Review on AM 1560, FM 97.7, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com with your host, Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group at Coldwell Banker. Lori's been selling real estate in Kern County for over three decades, during which time she successfully helped over 11,000 families meet their real estate needs. Consistently ranked as one of the top realtors nationwide, if you're thinking of buying or selling, there's no better choice than the McCarty Group. Working with an expert makes the process easy and puts more money in your pocket. Call her at 661-665-SOLD. That's 661-665-7653. And she or one of her team will be delighted to help you. Let them make you their next success story. And good morning, Lori. Good morning, Adelaide. How are you? Everything is going awesome. We talked about the weather, and I know you don't try not to look at it, but... I do. I see a cooling trend coming, and it's been a hot week. Well, that is good to hear. I'm glad I'm glad to know that on the horizon there is a cooling trend. Yes, yes, we're looking forward to it. And so is it time to pull out sweaters yet? You know what? My Probably son, not. My son's right? in fifth grade, and he's like, I need a jacket for the morning. <laughs> Oh, very so, good. So, okay, so he wears it probably for 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, well, then, but that's okay. That's a start. Yeah, and then he leaves it on the playground. Uh-huh. At the end of the year, we get it out of the lost and found. Of so. course, <laughs> right? I remember those days Routine very well. Stuff. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Hey, but in other news, I'm starting to hear some rumblings from friends and colleagues about the potential of the end of this great real estate market we've been experiencing. Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I too have been hearing those rumblings because I know as the mortgage forbearances end, many people are concerned that this is going to lead to a wave of foreclosures. However, many of those in the real estate don't believe that's going to happen. And we don't think we're going to have a repeat of what followed the housing bubble 15 years ago. Mm. So why do you think there won't be a wave of foreclosures? Well, as I said, I've been hearing the same rumblings, so I've done a lot of research to have the numbers available to to people who are concerned about this. And Adelaide, there are three main reasons. First, there are far fewer homes in trouble this time. After the last housing crash, about 9.3 million households lost their home to foreclosure. Right, big number. That's huge. Right. So they lost their home to either foreclosure, short sale, or because they simply gave it back to the bank. As a as of a, a couple of weeks ago, the total number of mortgages still in forbearance stood at a million eight hundred and sixty three thousand. Now that's definitely a large number, but it's a far cry from nine point three million. Okay, okay. Okay. The second reason is that most of those one point eight six million in forbearance have enough equity to sell their homes. 87% of these homeowners have at least 10% equity in their homes. Now that 10% equity number is important because it enables homeowners to sell their homes and pay the related expenses instead of facing the hit on their credit 
that a foreclosure or a short sale would create. Hmm. The remaining 13% might not have the option to sell, or they might have to do what is known as a short sale, where they sell the property for less than is owed on it. But if the entire 13% of the 1.86 million homes went into foreclosure, that would total 241,800 mortgages across the United States. The probable number of foreclosures coming out of the forbearance program is nowhere near the number of foreclosures that came out of the housing crash 15 years ago. Mm, Okay. So this housing market really is different from what we saw in 2008. Exactly. Um, And then, of course, the last reason that we're not going to see a wave of foreclosures is that the current market, with its shortage of inventory, can absorb any listings coming to the market. When foreclosures hit the market in 2008, there was an excess supply of homes for sale. The situation is exactly opposite today. In 2008, there was about a nine-month supply of listings for sale. Today, that number stands at less than three months of inventory on the market. Okay, so not as scary. No, no. I don't think it's scary at all. Not at all. I think what we're headed to is a more normalization of the market. Okay, okay. Well, And I still think we have quite a bit of time for that to occur. Okay, okay. So still a hot market or are we very warm? Yes, we're still seeing multiple offers on many, many properties as long as they are priced right and in great condition. Yes, gotcha, gotcha. So that's some great data. Um, But I do see you have a guest in the booth. Who and what are we talking about today? Well, today we're talking all about solar on your home. Even though many homeowners have solar, you would be surprised at how many know very little about the system that's on their home. And with the requirement that all homes, all new homes constructed in California since 2020 have solar, I imagine at some point many of us will be dealing with this issue. So today's guest is my longtime friend and solar expert, Jim McLean from Bland Company. All right. Well, this sounds like it will be an interesting show. That's always the goal, isn't it? Yes. Nice. All right. (laughs) So good morning, Jim. Good morning, Lori. How are you? I am doing great. And I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your day to be here with us. Absolutely. So for those that don't know you nearly as well as I, um, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. I'm, I'm a native. I'm originally from Tehachapi. Uh-huh. I've been down here 40 years. We were talking about the heat. I think that qualifies me as a native in the valley. Absolutely. So um, longtime California uh, young man. My wife is also born and raised, et cetera. So uh, however, I'm also looking forward to fall. Uh-huh. So I think that's coming. <laughs> Someone told me it's next week. So All right. Well, I'm hoping. You. I'm hoping. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So tell us a little bit about Bland Solar. You know, Bland has been around, little, uh, small, short commercial. Bland has been around since 1985. Okay. Started with air conditioning. Mr. Bland, Glenn Bland at the time, was interested in solar. Air conditioning th- uh, kept things afloat. Mm-hmm. And he ran all over the state of California doing off-the-grid. Solar was really expensive back then. Power was super cheap. So he was just interested. And he would be the first to tell you that he had no idea that all this would happen. Right. So pretty crazy stuff. We have three divisions. We have solar, uh, air conditioning, and roofing. And that's how we operate today. Perfect. So how did you get started in the solar industry? You know, I, 
I have what I think is a good story. I wrote that on my document here. Uh, <laughs> I think it's pretty interesting. I actually started in the solar business uh, buying solar. I did not work here. Uh, the mm -hmm. job did not happen until after. So my wife, Jenny, and I were looking at solar for our Laurel Glen home about uh, almost uh, about eight years ago. And so I was sitting at the table with my checkbook very much the way a lot of my clients are today. So mm -hmm. I, I think I bring a unique perspective to, Absolutely. The, to the transaction. And what intrigued you about it? Money. I'd like to say it was green and, and all of that. And, I, and I'm very aware that right. there's an environmental impact and I'm appreciative of that and, and supportive of that. But really, I was looking at um, very short story. We moved away for about six years. We kept our home here. I moved back and all of a sudden I was writing out a PG&E bill for June. Now, remember, I'm in a six year time machine. So uh -huh. for most of us, our bills just keep creeping up. Right. For me, it was six years of wow, what does June look like? And I kind of remembered, I keep pretty good uh, records, and it was $200 higher. <gasps> I'll never forget. Ooh. So uh, we know Mr. Bland just through the community, and one thing led to another. Great. So that's how that happened. Great. So without getting too technical for us, could you tell our, sol our, our listeners how these solar panels work? Because I have to confess, I don't really quite understand. You know, and you shouldn't have to, except <laughs> that it may be from 5,000 feet, and I say right. that all the time. Right. Um, light is turned into electricity, happens to be not quite the right kind that we'd like for our home. So we okay. do a little something with it called inversion, and that's it. The Really, technically, it's very, very simple. Uh that, that site is easy. The, where the proof is in the pudding is the decision that someone makes with regard to do I lease, do I purchase? I'm probably segueing, I, I, I suspect, into your next questions. Uh, and if I do one of those, how do I do that? How do I look back and see that that's a really good decision? That's what I, that'd be my comment. And you're absolutely right. Those are some of the next questions that I have. Um, but I think let's let everybody go grab a uh, drink, freshen their coffee, take a quick break. And when we come back, let's dive in deeper to the ins and outs of solar, if that's okay with you. Perfect. All Thanks, right. Lori. You bet. You're listening to the Kern County Real Estate Review with Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group at Coldwell Banker Preferred Realtors on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. And to reach Lori, you can call her or her team anytime at 661-665-SOLD. That's 661-665-7653. Or you can go to her website at themccartygroup.com, where you can tour all the properties available in Kern County from the comfort of your couch, or request an in-person tour, find out the value of your home, and see the McCarty Group's success stories. Ranked number eight in North America for Coldwell Banker, and the only local to be listed in the Wall Street Journal's Top 100 Agents for 2021, she is truly an expert in her field. Her desire, as well as that of her team, is to not only achieve their clients' goals, but to exceed their expectations. So let them do just that. And we'll be right back with the Kern County Real Estate Review here on KNZR.
Hi, Dennis Prager here for Lori McCarty, host of the Kern County Real Estate Review. If you've got questions about real estate, she's got answers. Tune in every Sunday at 8 a.m. right here on KNZR 1560 AM 97.7 FM. Now that's smart. And we're back this morning with Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group on the Kern County Real Estate Review here on 1560 AM 97.7 FM KNZR and streaming live on KNZR If you're thinking about selling but need to make some renovations first, you'll want to contact Lori to find out about her amazing new program designed to help sellers get their home ready to sell. It's called the McCarty Line of Convenience, or MLOC. This program allows sellers to tap into up to $10,000 for renovations and repairs. There's no interest or fees associated with the MLOC. It's simply paid back at the close of escrow. Call 661-665-SOLD. That's 661-665-7653 to see if you qualify for this exclusive new program designed to help maximize your selling price. And now if you're just tuning in, we're visiting this morning with Lori's guest, Jim McLean of Bland Company regarding solar. And Jim, just in case someone's interested in solar, how can uh, they reach you? The easiest way to reach me is uh, 661-303-1609. That's my personal cell, and it is welded to me, as, as with a lot of us. <laughs> <for sure. laughs> That's great. So, Jim, just before the break, we were talking about how solar is, um, is actually created. Um, and, you know, I always think, just like buying a home, I think it's best for people to understand the financial side of things first. So you kind of touched on it a little bit. Can you explain to us the difference between leasing solar, buying, and a power purchase agreement, which is also commonly known as a PPA? I sure can, Lori. That's one of the, it used to be the number one question we would get, honestly, when I was first in the And it's not anymore? No. Wow. People are a lot more educated. Great. Than they used to be. Oh, no, it's wonderful. Um, in a nutshell, a lease or a PPA is someone else's equipment on your roof. Um, you will either be paying for the electricity generated by that equipment or you'll be in a more traditional lease, hence the name. Mm-hmm. So nothing wrong with those. Both of those are better options than the utility. Uh, they are typically a half to a third uh, or pardon me, I should say it this way, the, uh, a purchase is a half to a third of what a lease costs over time because you are capturing your own tax credit. And we'll probably talk about that in a Oh, bit. yeah. So that's the bottom line. The other thing uh, right up your alley is a lease will often um, cause a ripple in the force with regard to selling your home down the road. Do you remember the day when someone would look at you and say, would you like to take over my lease? And hand you those keys. And <laughs> yeah. you would, of course, back away. It's right. very similar today. Right. In my opinion. Right. Um, so I'm going to guess, uh, my next question was going to be, which option do you think is best? I'm going to guess you're going to vote for owning your own solar. I've never been accused of being subtle. That's for, <laughs> that's for sure. So I, I do believe that. Uh, I think there are instances when might you lease? When you can't take the tax credit, in other words, you can't. Maybe you don't pay any federal taxes. Oh, I think you'd agree. There's not a lot of us no. that don't pay federal taxes. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Perfect. All right. Um, so let's talk about that tax credit. 
Okay, the tax credit is the current as it sits today mm-hmm. is 26%. So what that means very simply, it's a federal credit. And it means that for every dollar you spend on solar, Uncle Sam will credit you back 26 cents. So $10,000 winds up being a $2,600 credit back on, exactly. your t- on your tax return. Exactly. So I want to make a point. Everybody kind of reads into that and says that's a deduction. A deduction is like your mortgage interest, et cetera, for those of you out there. Uh, a credit is truly a return of your federal tax liability. Oh, that's yeah, so cool. much better than a deduction. Oh, I'll say. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So now that we have talked about the financing side, um, why do you think homeowners should add solar to their house? Again, I, I, there's a theme here, and I really think the the common theme is economics. Right. We pay X amount to a single entity mm-hmm. in California, in our case, Pacific Gas and Electric, right. for electricity. Uh, if I said we could do that for a quarter to a third the cost that you currently pay, and you'll no longer be on that roller coaster ride at those increased rates, right. that would have your attention. That's what had my attention so many years ago, right? very frankly. Right, right. It, it, it's huge, I think. Um, who do you think is a good candidate or maybe the best candidate for solar? Well, certainly, uh, I don't want to go too far into it uh, here, but uh, certainly someone who has that big house and the mm-hmm. big bills. We're seeing people fairly routinely, maybe once a week, with a comma in the summer bill. So Ooh. over over a thousand dollars. It's it's not as un, it used to be very unique, and it's somebody with this monster house, and the the rates have gone up enough where we're seeing. I have someone with a three thousand square foot house, and their bill was twelve ninety seven. <laughs> uh, in August. So oh, I'm so sorry, whoever you are. I feel so yeah. bad that. That's just awful. It's it's a little shocking to us. I'm not sure any of us, even in the industry, anticipated that. No, no. no. Um, and then obviously, if you're someone who, I mean, I can't think of anybody who would been who would not benefit from solar at this point, except uh, from owning solar if you don't pay taxes. Right? Is there someone who wouldn't tell me? Is there someone who wouldn't benefit from from having solar? Someone that's moving. So I will uh, say it this way. And this is okay. a salesperson. I would like. I would appreciate the opportunity to sell solar to someone, but you have to step up, and it's pretty simple. Um, great example. Just had an engineer from one of the local oil companies, and he was he's moving. He's retiring in two years. So he and I kind of obviously had yeah. a good grasp of the number. He taught me a, a few things, and the bottom line is he was breaking even just before he was leaving. Frankly, you're not buying it to break even. Right. So if it's two year break even, that's pretty good. He had a nice big house. Had that been five, absolutely no brainer. Ten, obviously, but not if you're relocating. So you need to take a look at that. If you're unsure, you get some help from your CPA. Okay. So, absolutely. I hadn't thought of it that way, but you're right. There is a break even point. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Um, <laughs> so on that same vein, our, uh, I, I was thinking about this. Our, our office handles this all the time, but explain to our listeners, when someone moves, what happens to their solar energy system? For those of you uh, just hearing us, Lori is actually grimacing at me because it upsets <laughs> the transactions. My wife, uh, for everybody out there, my wife works for a title company. Boy, they don't love me. They, <laughs> or they don't love solar. So let's take it's a two-part question. So what happens if right. it's a lease? So you all, 
the title company, the agents, everybody mm-hmm. has to kind of chase everybody down and make sure there's another there's another box to be checked, maybe a couple of them. Um, does the buyer typically take over the lease? Yes. Yes. Uh, is it qualifying? Sometimes. Right. It, are there some other issues? Sometimes. Sometimes. And a lot of times it's just, we hold you up. Right. We hold you up. So I accept that criticism completely. So the other scenario is just like anything else in your house. If you rehab a kitchen and you maybe take out a loan to do that, or you build a pool, so you have a loan, so solar has a loan. So it's purchased, but there's still a debt to be satisfied. That's a little more simple. Typically, you find out how much is owed and you pay it off, just like you do the mortgage that's on the house. And it's pretty darn clean. On the lease side, it's less so, in my opinion. But now can't sellers who have a loan on their their solar... In some cases, can't that loan be assumed by the new buyer? Very few. Okay. Yeah, very few. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Normally, it's it's part of the payoff, and we do it with proceeds, and that's the cleanest way. But yes, there are a couple. There are mm-hmm. a couple. We right. have eight or ten sources, and I have one that will allow it the to be loan assumed. to be assumed. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, one. And I assume that that is based on qualifying criteria, Absolutely. et cetera. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Um Currently, excuse me, currently there aren't any California tax incentives for solar, are there? No. Uh, It's my understanding that legislatively the buckets are still there, uh, but they haven't been funded in years. In fact, we did not get any California incentive, and that was eight years ago. So those buckets, the view is that the federal incentive is more than enough, considering how how, uh, the gap between electricity produced by solar and electricity uh, marketed by utilities. Okay. All right. Um, So I assume, but maybe I'm wrong, that the tax incentive by the federal government is only available if you purchase the system, not if you lease it. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because you have to be the one who's actually putting out the money as a matter of fact great point the leasing company takes your tax credit when they when they lease oh wow yeah absolutely okay i mean i so not that leasing company right so not only are now question for you um so you mentioned earlier that it's more expensive uh to lease or to do a power purchase agreement is that just because of the tax incentive or is it are the uh, interest are the not the interest, but the um, kilowatt hours are they more expensive? Yes, to both. Yeah. Oh. So so okay. The they are. You would think that that tax that that entity, whoever that lease mm-hmm. entity is, would pass uh, that tax credit on to you. But right. but understandably, they've got some risk and they've well, got this. They do equipment. have risk. So uh, they're in the middle. So if I were giving you some pennies to look at, if you and I were buying power from PG&E at 29 cents per unit, it has to be called a kilowatt hour, throw right. that out of your heads, everybody, but 29 cents and a lease was at, say, 18 or 19, well, with solar, I might be around seven. So, yeah, 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 yeah. So they're in the middle. It's better Perfect. than pg yeah, It's still much better. For sure. Right. Yep. Okay. So we've talked about the economic incentives of solar. Um what are some other perks of having solar? Um, you know, obviously we're doing something good for the environment. 
That, that is very true. And, and in fact, a lot of solar companies, the software we use kind of lays out, you just save this many trees, et cetera. And I don't say that tongue in cheek. There's, there's, some, there's certainly some, some benefit to be had. Um, um, I, 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 most of our power, I believe in California, is generated by natural gas and oil. We have mm -hmm. one nuclear plant left over at Avila Beach. That's going down, it's my understanding, in 2024. So that'll be it. That'll be the last one. Wow. So the alternative, you know, you are really having a pretty big impact over over time. And as we have more and more solar out there uh, versus what we're using today to, to generate okay. electricity. Yeah. Wow. Big deal. Yeah, it is a big deal. I know I kind of joke every time I uh, write a contract um, or take a listing, I ask my clients, you know, would you like to sign it digitally? Because honestly, it takes a small tree worth of papers sure. to to sign it um, with wet signatures. Um, so let's shift gears a little bit. Let's talk about a true up. What exactly is uh, the true up that we if we have solar that we see on our uh, on our PG&E bill. Okay. So the genesis of this is if I'm buying solar, am I still going to owe anything to the utility company? And the answer is yes, and it's called a true bill. So it's a reconciliation of 12 months accrued little fees and a little past what we can get into here. But the bottom line is, let's take an example. Let's say that I have a 12,000 square foot home in Bakersfield, and my average PG&E bill is $300. So okay. in winter, 180, and summer, kind of ugly, maybe six, 650 something. So my average, though, is $300. The rule of thumb that I use with clients is that once a year, you will pay whatever your monthly average was, you'll pay a true of, of effectively that. So what's in there? So if I'm paying, I still owe P, even though I bought solar, I've still got a bill once a year, my true up bill. What's in there? There's a whole, if you look at the second page, all of you, uh, of your PG&E bill, you'll see a whole bunch of six, eight, nine different little amounts, 375 going here, 89 cents going here. Those are just kind of garbage fees, if you will. We all love that term mm -hmm. in, in a lot of industries. The bottom line is those continue when you have solar. And remember, you're only paying once a year, so they, they in fact build up over time. So that's what that's most of what goes into that true-up bill. Okay. So once a year, you settle up with the utility. Remember, 9 o'clock at night, when my solar's not generating, I need the grid. So okay. I certainly need them. Okay. Yeah. So I, I guess I have always thought of the true up bill as being the difference between what power I generated on solar versus what power I had to use from PG&E. Yeah, that's, I think that, that's incorrect. I huh? think that misinformation comes from us. I don't think we've done a good job okay. as an industry of really laying out, it's really pretty simple. If I do your solar right, uh, that troop should consist almost totally of fees net for the year. Okay. There might be a spot in, in the year where you're in the situation you're talking about, but at reconciliation with a full 12 months, that troop should really be consist of uh, some fees from the utility. Okay, yep. so let's talk then about how do you figure out what how much solar do I need for my house? That one's pretty intuitive. 
So if you take, I get this all the time. I'll be at a social event without this shirt on, without, <laughs> without a logo. And they'll find out what I do and they'll say, hey, Jim, I have a 2,000 square foot. You know, you get yeah, the yeah, same yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 I do. And they say, well, what, what would you list it at? Well, where is it? You know, <laughs> does it, is it, does yeah. it have windows? Can you tell me, can you tell me the price per square foot homes are selling Absolutely. for in Bakersfield? Absolutely. So, yeah, 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 wrong. So, <laughs> and it's a really fun question. It uh -huh. really is. But having said that, Here's the deal. So 2,000 square feet in Bakersfield. Do I have an idea? I do. But I'm really interested if they, if they want to have that conversation. I'm interested in how they occupy that house. So mm -hmm. do we have two young 20-year-old folks that are just got married and they're working all day. They leave the house at 6.30 in the morning. They get off at 6.30 at night. Half the time they eat out. So the point is their impact on that home uh, from an electricity standpoint and many others mm -hmm. is actually minimal. Or if I move them out and I moved in a family of four, so uh, now they're in their 30s, they have two little kids, the washer and dryer are going all day, et cetera. The bill will be probably 60 to 80% higher for the same house. So the amount of electricity use. So my point is, gotta ask some good questions. We feel that as an industry, um, solar companies, we fall down here. We're so interested in just pulling some numbers if I've got some history and not asking good questions like, hey, you gonna buy a Tesla? Is there anything that's going to change in your household? So the way that we determine what you, how much solar you need is first pulling your data and then having a conversation to see if you're going to do anything that might change it down the road. Okay. So. Okay, sounds good. So when we install solar on our house, what can we expect to see in terms of a change in our utility bill? Well, you will no longer have a monthly amount you owe. It certainly accrues, as we discussed. Right. Okay. So your bill, if solar is properly designed, your bill for power should be zero. Okay. It won't be zero in some months, those summer months. But remember, we built up a little excess in the spring, et cetera. So they'll right. wash against one another. Um, your bill in the old days, in my day, I'm under a different set of rules. Um, I, about 10 bucks a month, so mm -hmm. I'm paying 120 a year. Today, it's more representative to use that rule of thumb I gave you, which is if my average is 300 once a year, I'll settle up with the utility for $300. And when I say that, by the way, I mean plus or minus 100. So th right. there's a lot of slack. Is it a hot summer? Is it a cool right. summer, et cetera? Right. I guess there are no more cool summers. So <laughs> Don't we'll, say that. We'll stop, just, stop, 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 we'll stop, 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 stop. Yeah. Hey, hey, Jim, <laughs> could I just interject too? Sure. You have to keep your habits the same too, right? Because I, I, I've heard of people, they get solar – and then now they keep the house at 62 degrees. You are, oh, right. oh, my gosh. You are so right. And we do see it occasionally. And, and of course, what do you think that phone call sounds like? It's not necessarily not friendly initially. <laughs> and if there's a major change, that's a great point. If there's a major, do you know, we plan in a two-degree shift in a summer, in summer comfort. Okay. So if they're at okay. 78, we're planning in 76. Because who, when you spend a fair amount of money for solar, you want to be more comfortable. Yeah. So absolutely. Yeah. That's a great point. And, and and I'm glad you guys brought up the true up too, because I've had people tell me they got solar and then they said, my bill's eight bucks a month. This is awesome. Check that second page. Check the true <laughs> up. Because it's, yeah, yeah, it's it's whatever the fees are. And you're just like, okay, at the end of the year, like, wait, I owe $3,000? Yeah. Yeah. We have heard many a time and we've had, I, I just had a couple that 
that said, oh, yeah, our uh, true-up bill was $1,800. And I was like, okay. (laughs) We didn't have one for two years, and then we had an $1,800 true-up bill. Well, a little of that happened is COVID because different homes, again, occupancy changed. And And so some of that was, was isolated to that 2020 thing, and some of it, is because the solar guy messed up. So I'm Absolutely. not going to sit here and tell you we, we know every darn thing. Absolutely. 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 Done properly. It's not rocket science, though, for sure. And luckily, PG&E does let you break it up over the 12 months on a payment plan. You're I, true up. I yeah. heard they came and they come and take your car or something. <laughs> That's not true. Huh? Yeah. Oh, you're such a jokester. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, well, I think this is a great place to take another break. Um, before we go, Jim, tell people again how they can reach you in the solar division at Bland Company. Best number for me is my personal cell, 661-303-1609. Perfect. Stay tuned because we're going to have some more details on how to avoid a true-up bill when we come back, as well as a lot more information about solar. I think this is something that... Uh, Both of those currently with solar and those considering adding solar uh, certainly need to know. You're listening to the Kern County Real Estate Review with Lori McCarty on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. We'll be right back. On missing out on the home you love or having to settle for something less just because you couldn't sell your own home quickly. I'm Barbara Corcoran. I've worked with thousands of successful real estate agents. Let me help you choose the right agent so this doesn't happen to you. If you're buying or selling in Bakersfield, call Lori McCarty because she offers an immediate cash offer and can help you find great homes before they hit the market. Partner with the right agent. Go to the McCartygroup.com and start packing. You're listening to KNZR 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, and streaming live on KNZR.com. And we're back this morning with the Kern County Real Estate Review, featuring our host, Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group. For all your real estate questions, call Lori at 661-665-SOLD. That's 661-665-7653. Or go online to themccartygroup.com. You can also follow Lori on social media. For Facebook, follow her at The McCarty Group or on Instagram at Lori underscore McCarty. And to keep up with all the real estate news in Kern County, you can follow this show on Facebook and Instagram at the Kern County Real Estate Review. There you can also submit questions you'd like Lori to answer on air or suggest topics you'd like her to cover on Sunday mornings. And we're visiting this morning with Jim McLean of Bland Solar of the Bland Company regarding solar. So, Jim, I understand there is a way to possibly avoid a true-up. What is the best way to avoid having a true-up at the end of the year? You know, it's a great question, and it does come up a bit. Um, Let me go through the math. If you, if I were normally putting a solar system on your house to satisfy that what you've been buying from PG&E with a little bit of cushion, we've talked about that for a change in behavior. Instead of doing that, let's say we do 120% of what you've been buying. 
So there's a good chance that I can make that true up go away. Here's why you don't want to do that. And it's not, it's not really uh, uh, the solar company doing you any favors. Um, if I overgenerate in a given year, will PG&E credit me? Absolutely, they will credit me, but they'll credit me at a wholesale rate. And this boils down to math. The discussion is actually longer than this, but I'll shorten it just for radio. The net of it is they're going to give me in pennies what they would pay to say Arizona. When we get a lot of excess power from Arizona, hydro-driven power in summer. So whatever they have to pay for excess power when their grid is really stressed, that's what they're going to credit me. And why should they give us any more, as a matter of fact? So let's do it with pennies. Uh, they'll probably credit you about three cents per kilowatt hour. Forgive me the lingo. So three cents for an electric gallon of gas, and you spent seven to generate it. So to make that really sting, for every $300 you get in a credit, you spent 700 bucks. Don't do it. And don't let your solar company do it. I'm right behind someone I'm competing with uh, frequently, and they'll say, hey, the other guy said that you wouldn't have a true-up bill. I'm telling you, let's pay the true-up with real dollars. Let's not give away, let's not, uh, let's not uh, give away our money. So let's do it right. About 105, maybe 110% of what you've been using, you'll be set. You'll be good. Oh, that makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. And that's what it's all about is dollars and cents. Absolutely. You're, you're so right. Yeah. Great. So talk to us a little bit about the maintenance on these solar panels. Oh, man. That sound you all hear is my soapbox. Oh, man. <laughs> is anybody, anybody that's listening, as you, walk, as you drive down the street, you see solar panels, they look like slate. You can't even tell that there's really solar under there. It's a sheet of gray with all the kind of the San Joaquin Valley dust. And that person is losing 30 cents on the dollar, that they, the, net, the net dollar after Uncle Sam. Wow. So it's really simple. Our party line from Bland Company is clean your panels quarterly. So four times a year, no big deal. I would tell you uh, eight years with solar, et cetera, I have a little twist. If, we're, if we've got a normal winter and you got a little bit of rain and Mother Nature is helping you, focus those four from maybe early spring through fall and then let Mother Nature do winter. Bottom line is you don't have to get elaborate. Hose them off if you're able. Hose them off from a ladder if you don't want to get on your roof. If you, uh, There's a million guys running around with solar cleaning trucks. They're very reasonable. It's not expensive. It will preserve your investment and your savings if you have them cleaned at least once a quarter. And how long do these solar panels last? That's a great question. Under warranty in California, a solar panel that's placed in service has to be producing 80% of its rated power at the end of its 25th year in on the roof. Okay, so wow, wow 25 years by statute. Mm -hmm. So you gotta be at 80%. Most panels actually exceed that percentage, but it has to be in writing, has to be formal, right. et cetera. We've seen panels out there, and it's very much the exception because the industry just isn't old enough yet. Um, I have seen some in the 30s, like 35 years, and they're still at 70%. So you still got some really good stuff going on there. Now, if one of those panels were to fail, it's a boat anchor. It's not, right. you know, it's, there's no money to be put in there, et cetera. My point is you don't abandon things at 25 years. But as a standard, 25 years is the answer to your question. And am I correct that if a solar panel is underperforming that 80%, within that 25 years, 
they must be replaced by the company that installed them? Uh, the warranty is actually extended from the manufacturer, but oh. you're right. If it's a bland system, we replace it. Uh, yes, I know it's a little commercial, but it's a little unique. We don't charge any labor or anything else. We, we, we eat the labor. If that's our system and a panel fails, we're going to come out and swap that panel out. And we Which deal would be with the, the reason to choose Bland versus some of the competitors. You're singing my song. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Now, what about, what about the roof? Um, you know, roofs are not inexpensive, Jim. So... Mm-hmm. I know homeowners have a fear of these solar panels damaging their roofs. Um, is that a possibility? Absolutely. Uh, not the panel itself, but we actually penetrate the roof mm-hmm. to support the the, the panels okay. on the roof. So is that a concern? I would say in 70% of the situations where there's an issue with solar, we all think, oh, it's that complicated electrical stuff, or I'm sure those panels or the inverter, some of the equipment, some of the hijinks, things we don't know about. No, it's roof. 70% of the time, there's a roof issue. Um, We think we are unique. This isn't just one long commercial, but I don't think anyone else does this. They may. In writing, in our contract, remember we are a roofing company as well, Mm -hmm. Um, we warranty our installation for 25 years, just like the panels, just like the inverters, et cetera. Um, We do that. It's dangerous to do because I got to tell you, people will say 10 (sighs) years from now, they'll say the roof leaks somewhere, anywhere. And they'll say, those solar guys did it 10 years ago. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> but the bottom line, not to play lightly with that, we're up there putting holes in your roof. And I think you, we all have to step up right. and say, I've got to make you feel whole. i got to make you feel like I'll make you feel whole, uh, make you whole down the road. Uh, if there's a roof leak, when will it happen? First year, almost always, maybe second. So that long, long warranty, is it really, is it really functional, if you will? Well, it's certainly legally in in play but it's not we're going to know pretty quick absolutely yeah and i'm sure you've seen it in your your career on the real estate side i've seen it in terms of um home inspections where that there have been roof leaks that have gone undetected right at solar panel installations so yeah so so glad you brought that up Okay. Well, no, I mean, really, I I think it's great that you guys offer that that guarantee. I think that's wonderful. Um, Question, and I I think I know the answer, but I'm not sure. Um, Will adding solar panels to a person's house increase their property taxes in any way right now? Not today. So it's it's such a great question. I have done solar twice and I will not use his name, uh, for a former uh, assessor, Kern County assessor. And mm-hmm. you would recognize him. if we. So I've done it twice, and I've tried to pin him down, uh-huh. saying we know it's coming. Right. When is that going to happen? If I add a room to a house, certainly my assessment changes. Mm-hmm. They're looking for data, I think. He didn't even directly answer me, so I'm really paraphrasing and making up stuff. <laughs> but uh, the bottom line, it was my feel that his answer was this. I knew we, They need more data. They need Because the first thing people are going to do is challenge that. Of course. They're going to say, where did you get? Show me your numbers, and right. you better be able to back them up. Not yet. Okay. We believe, I'm segueing a little bit, we believe that owned solar 
adds about 50 cents on the dollar on what you spent. So mm-hmm. you're adding some value to the house if that if that solar is owned uh, to the tune of about half of what was so it's 20,000 worth of solar. You added about 10 grand. If you own it and you're passing that ownership on, you may have right. some feelings as a, I, a long-time agent with I, regard to that. I, I would love for appraisers to, um, you know, take that number into consideration. Um, but that's not necessarily what we're seeing right now. We're going to sell um, more then. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, well, my numbers come from the Appraisal Institute. And there's really? a study done. And I will be emailing it to you after this show. Thank you very much. And it's like four years old. And they right. don't love us. They don't love anybody that moves their cheese. No, right. None of us do. Right. But it was done by the appraisal. So it was a, a solar property owned, mm-hmm. owned solar versus not owned. And, mm-hmm. and one, the only California city was San Diego. Mm-hmm. And so but it's all done all over the United States. Right. So I will be emailing it to Thank you. Thank you. So mm-hmm. if they're not using it. They're not following their own guidance. Well, they use it, but they don't use it necessarily at that rate. So yeah, well, that's okay. That's a little more gray. Yeah, but, you know, I get it. Yeah. I get it. No. no, they do give you value for it. They just don't give it to you at the 50% rate. Interesting. It's yeah. a it's pretty much a flat number. Now, Jim, I want so. to interject, too, when you talk mm-hmm. about that. And uh, another thing I thought about, I had the wood shake roof, mm-hmm. right? The yes. old, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. You know, just you don't smoke around it type thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> and slowly they kind of, you know, through the, I'm over in Campus Park, they slowly kind of started disappearing. And I was like, okay, well, I'll do sol- solar and I'll do the roof at the same time, everything. And then after it was all done, I was like, hey, I'm going to call my home insurance because I got rid of that, you know, fire hazard and everything. But they said, well, your, your rates are going up because the value of the house increased because of the solar. So more more of a comment, I guess, on it than anything. But it's like, wait. So the value of the house, they're saying it's worth more. Wow. Right? That is the first time. And I'm not, there's, there's a couple of guys that have been with Bland for 16 years, almost that long. So double me. It is the first time I've ever heard that. Um, normally, I've had most, most insurance companies say, we want to know. We want to know what it's worth because they're going to have to replace it if the house right. burns mm-hmm. down. They want to know some nuts and bolts. How big is it? What did you pay? When was it installed, et cetera? I've never had it go up. I'm with a, a pretty mainstream company. I'm ex-military, so I'm with USAA. And when I put solar in, they wanted all the details, but they didn't move my premium $1. So I don't know. It is the first time I've ever heard it, Mm -hmm. and I'm sure maybe some company. I'd love to hear some insurance person weigh in on that because, in fact, it doesn't officially increase your value as stated. The the assessor does not move one penny. Mm -mm. So yeah, yeah, because I was like, I shouldn't have called. (laughs) I shouldn't have called. (laughs) No, you you know you've got to. It's like building that pool. You really got to do. Yeah, right. You do have to, though. You do. Oh yeah. So I have a question for you. what happens when there's a power outage? Um, if you have solar, are you still affected by the blackout? Or because I have solar, I can still do everything in my house. Bring out the candles. Oh, bummer. Yeah, that's not the answer that you want. And we, no, it's not. I will tell you, uh, uh, by code, it's for safety. Okay. Um, solar, when it doesn't see power from the grid, so from PG&E, from the mm-hmm. utility, um, goes down. 
Okay. And the reason it goes down is, and remember, this is a sales guy giving you this answer that's maybe right. a little technical. Basically, they don't want that solar power going back out, leaking, if you will, back out oh. onto the grid mm -hmm. and frying one of their guys as he's trying to right. work on a pole. So it's a safety issue. Makes total um, sense. That's, that's their story. There's a little more to it, but it's probably outside the scope of this. But you are down is the answer to your question. Okay, well, hmm. what about if I have you install one of these backup batteries for solar panels? Does that protect me? It sure does. Yeah. Okay. You're, you're up partially. So say, let's stay generic and okay. everybody knows, hey, Tesla, I, I just said stay generic. Yeah, you there did, but there you know. So, okay. So let's do a Tesla Powerwall. It's, okay. it's probably the best known. It certainly. is. So a single Tesla Powerwall would back up your fridge and a few circuits in the house. So a few lights and maybe a fan or two, something like that. It would not run an air conditioner. Uh, it just doesn't oh, have no. the, yeah, well, yeah, I think that's <laughs> oh, a no, pretty no, key, no, no, no. Yeah, exactly. So what do you need to do to do that? How about yeah. two? Okay. Uh, so right now, somewhere in the range of $30,000 for two, wow. and that's subject to the tax credit. So 74% okay. of that, but the bottom line is, what is that? 22 grand. So that's not an, uh, I feel solar is an ROI sale. So return right. on investment. I think it's a pretty clear one. And, and yes, folks might have different numbers, but they're in a range. Batteries are not. So who does batteries? We do a ton of them. Uh, if you're in Isabella or Tehachapi where you've got these power outages where you're down when the wind blows above a yeah. certain whatever, uh, you're down for two or three days and that might happen X times a year. Right. And you've got the wherewithal financially to do it you're going to do it. Absolutely. I think I might if I were in that situation. The other one is if you medically, um, if oh, you absolutely. medically have a need that you really can't interrupt the service, even if it's just something pulmonary or something mm -hmm. not life-threatening, you don't want to do that. So we'll see a lot of folks make that decision and make the investment in batteries. Okay. So are they an ROI, but to be clear, ROI investment today, they are not, not, not in my opinion anyway. Okay. So they got a ways to go. They need to. They need to come down on the cost. Uh, and go out a little bit on the warranty. The warranty there is ten years generally. Okay. Yeah. All so. right. Um, so, share with us, Jim. What do you think um, we're looking at for the future of the solar industry? That's interesting. Um, I have a lot of people. I heard someone the other day refer to it as a fad. <laughs> It's pretty, it's pretty interesting. It isn't just because it's what I do, but if you kind of look at it and you say, for example, let's go back to that example earlier, because I think a little case study or a little example is so instructive. Absolutely. You know, I hear all these numbers and I hear the percentages, but it doesn't hit home. So let's mm -hmm. take a house. Uh, and this is an actual, actual transaction of mine. So the house was about uh, just under 2,000 square feet in Bakersfield. It was a pretty good-sized family, so they're using about 12,000 kilowatt hours. And you're all now you're all going to sleep on me, I know. Yeah, let's, yeah. So let's get to money. I'll wake you back up. <laughs> um, so their average bill was $300. And I okay. didn't just make that. It was kind of, it was really, that's where they were today. Well, right now, PG&E has approval from the PUC, the Public Utilities Commission, to raise our rates in general. And this is a little rough. I'm rounding some here but about eight percent a year for mm -hmm. CO2. so mm -hmm. each year so if you compound that and you play with the math wow and and that 300 dollars budget in five years is 440 in 10 <gasps> years it's 650 so that's just that's nothing to do with solar so that's the ride you're on so let's see how the solar ride looks so that same scenario 
uh, we'll do a lease first. I'm going to get everybody really confused, but that's the objective <laughs> here after all. Uh, so 300 a month today, 440 in five years, 650, and this is with no change. And these are real numbers. You can right. just kind of play with them. So if I were doing a lease in that scenario, then there's a lot of variables. So run with this a little bit with just a, a grain of salt, but a general lease on this, 185 a month. You go, are you kidding me? No wonder everybody's you know, wow. at least doing so. That's $115 one, a month. It's for, uh, I'm sorry. Redu reduced. Oh, yeah, absolutely. A reduction so of. Now that's a 25-year lease, so there's a big commitment behind. But if we're just looking at household budgeting and, guess what, 185 a month. So in August, I don't have a $700 bill, and I right. did. So I'm loving that. It flattens my budget mm. out in the household. And to be... To be fair, in five years, you would have sent them uh, $11,000 versus 23 to PG&E. In 10 years, you would have sent them 22000 versus $56,000 in 10 years uh, to PG&E. So this wow. looks pretty good. Yeah. Wow, if you think that is good. So let's, do, let's go ahead and do a purchase. 115 a month, 115 for 25 years, I only did that because no one, uh, people do go out 25 years, but there's a ton of interest, you know, right, math. Right. I did it to be toe-to-toe -to -toe with the lease. 115 a month, so that's $6,900 in five years, that's thirteen eight in in 10. Again, contrast that with the 56000 So that's a pretty, that's a real quick thumbnail sketch. Why the heck, do you think that's going away? I don't think so. No. I think it'll evolve. I think batteries will be a bigger part of it. I think I storage th will, but mm -hmm. some economic things have to happen there. So we do believe solar is here to stay. Um, you're looking at me at, with my white hair. I've known Lori a long, long time. <laughs> yes, and, we have. And I turned 65 a couple of days ago. So I'm good for five more years. I love what I do. I'm blessed to be able to work. But for me, it's five more years. I really think there's a lot longer than that in the industry. There's oh, a lot absolutely. of people that weren't that. They weren't early adopters. Right. So they're really kind of still in the wings. Mm -hmm. And quite frankly, I think that math is pretty compelling. I would never do a 25-year loan, personally. No. But but that doesn't matter. That's how that one lays out. Right. You know? And for all of you like me that have a hard time grasping math if it's not in front of you, we'll ask Jim to provide us those numbers, and we'll put it on our social media when we uh, post this show so that you can see those numbers for yourself. Um, with that, we'll also post Jim's uh, contact information so that you can reach him. Um, because I think this is really important stuff. And I think throughout the show today, you've been able to hear um, how Bland goes the extra mile to try to make sure that their customers are taken care of. And for as long as I've known Jim, whatever industry he's been in, uh, that's what he's done. Adelaide, you have any other questions? Um, you brought up PG&E. Mm -hmm. How do they feel about this? I mean, do we have to worry about PG&E going out of business if everybody gets solar? You know, there there was some marketing going on that suggested that we were going to put them out of business early <laughs> on. I think, and uh, the answer I don't think they love us, but I think that every industry is subject to change. Lori mm. brought up appraisers earlier. Appraisers had huge changes a few years ago, where they did a lot. They do a lot more. Uh, uh, electronically than they used to. Well, that's not rocket science. I think a lot of industries have done that. We are, I think, a train that they could see coming uh, down a very straight track for a long, long time. You could see solar getting less, more affordable. Mm -hmm. You could, you know, we've all seen in the news different utilities and things lately, uh, kind of uh, the state of the union. 
on the utility side. So the answer is I don't think they love us a ton. Uh, frankly, I think there's a lot of room for us to cooperate. We're in the same type of mm. business, and I, I'd like to, I'd love to see um, us get along a little bit better. So yeah, <laughs> you it know, because when I got I got solar in 19, 2019. And I remember it took a while for them to come by, check it off, and, and you know, okay, and whatever. And, and my kind of, not horror story, but disappointment was everything was set up. And I watched my true up slowly go up, go up, go up. So for about six, seven months. And then I called PG&E, and I'm like, hey, I got solar. What's going on? Why does my troop keep going up and up and up and, and everything? They're like, well, let me look at your system. Well, you're not, you're not bringing in any, any uh, power in. And I'm like, what do you mean? It's been there for, you know, six, seven months now. Oh well, there's a breaker that you have to switch on. So, oh no! So I called I called the solar company. I was obviously upset, angry. Mm-hmm. I called the solar company. Like, hey guys, what's going on here? So it was some finger pointing between them and PG and E. And I'm kind of like, okay, now I'm going to have a bill of probably twelve hundred bucks over this six seven months. Um, so so just, it's I get, it's kind of more of a warning, I guess you could say, just like, hey, is there any little weird things? that the consumer would need to know or could check on to avoid something like this happening. You know, it's a great comment. I think it's technical enough. I said it wasn't technical, but it's technical enough and there's some timing involved as to when PG&E gives you permission, they call it PTO, permission to operate, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So in that scenario, by the way, I could see a lot of finger pointing and and there isn't any clear loser there or well, maybe you me yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, wait a second except so, for the yeah. homeowner <laughs> I, I should have said someone to blame but i'll just tell you this it's great to be engaged and informed and look at the progress as it is with any transaction we don't do uh, every darn day uh having said that that could have been either one of them that could have been there there's some uh there's some room for uh uh, both of them to take a little bit of the blame there. It's unfortunate yeah. because if you had been had your monitoring up on the solar side, so that's just a way to look off your phone or your computer at your solar production, I think that would have made that a little more clear. So that's and unfortunate. Sooner. <laughs> I, I, I'm <laughs> and sorry sooner. to hear it. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, unfortunately, looking back, but I'm, you know what, I've recovered from it. Uh, the company is no longer in business. And, and and that speaks volumes. <laughs> let's blame <laughs> them then. Yeah, yeah let's definitely, there's one way to point the figure. But I just kind of just thinking as consumers thinking about it. I mean, now I'm seeing the benefits of it after after that situation was fixed. So wonderful, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And one thing, actually, real quick, if I get another question, mm-hmm. I've got a huge backyard. Could I just put some panels up and and make some extra money? <laughs> <laughs> now we talked about that trade off. They're going to yeah. give you three bucks for every seven you spend. So if you feel like that's going to work for you, we can talk. <laughs> We've got to so talk no. about math before solar, though. So just no. saying. Right. <laughs> I see people thinking like that. Like that. I've got a huge roof. I got a huge backyard. Give me as many as you can. I want to come out ahead every year. We, we get yeah. that call. Yeah. If okay. only it worked that way. <laughs> yeah. <gasps> All right. Well, thank you. Well, looking at the clock, uh, I am amazed at how quickly the show always goes by when we're talking uh, with an interesting guest about an interesting topic. Uh, thank you so much, Jim, for sharing with us everything that you know about solar. If you didn't jot down his information, please grab a pen. Tell us one more time, Jim, how people can reach you. That is Jim with Bland Company, 661-303-1609. Perfect. Thanks again. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Um, I want to thank all of you for listening this morning and wish you and yours a blessed rest of the day and a fantastic week ahead. Hopefully, we've given you some knowledge about 
an important topic and provided a little more clarity into the world of real estate. I know Adelaide and I both look forward to visiting with you again next Sunday at 8 a.m., just before Sean Hannity, who's coming up next. If by chance you missed an episode of the show or know someone who should be hearing this information but who just doesn't get up quite early enough on a Sunday morning, we've got you covered. You can now hear this episode and others uploaded to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Breaker. Just search Kern County Real Estate Review and you can listen over and over. This is Lori McCarty with the McCarty Group of Coldwell Banker Preferred Realtors and your host of the Kern County Real Estate Review on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR and streaming live on KNZR.com. We'll see you next week. <music>